discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. He says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boateng as Christ is magnified in you. Father, we are grateful. We are thankful. Thank you for the power of your word. Thank you for your precious Holy Spirit who is with us, in us, and works with us. Thank you for grace beyond measure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. We are grateful. Thank you that our hearts and our minds are inundated with your word. And we produce results, produce fruits to your glory. Even in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. All right. I want to share some few things with you. That are very, very important. And uh, you remember I was sharing with you concerning now that you're born again. How many of you remember that? I, I shared with you concerning how that you have the new life and all that. Said so many beautiful things, isn't it? Um, there are various aspects and sides of the Word of God. If you are not careful, you would um, be exposed to one side and be ignorant of another side. Do you spend one side of a coin when you are buying water with a coin? Do you do that? You spend both sides, isn't it? All right, so in the same way, there are two sides, two big sides of the new creation realities, of grace, okay? And it's very important to expose you to the full counsel of God's will. If you read in Acts chapter 20, let's read Acts chapter 20. We can read from, from verse 18, okay? Acts 20 from verse 18. Let's read from verse 20. Okay, go back to 18 so that it makes more sense. Okay. And when they were coming to him, he said unto them, this is Paul. Paul was um, leaving Ephesus to another place and he called his disciples, his elders, all the church people, brought all of them together. And he was sharing with them, counseling them because he was not going to see them again. This was his last meeting with this group of people, with this church. Okay. And when they were come to him, he said unto them, You know from the first day that I came to, into Asia, after what manner I have been with you at all seasons. You know how I have lived my life with you at all seasons. Continue, please. Serving the Lord with all humility of mind and with many tears and temptations, which befell me by the lying in wait of the Jews. So he talks, says so many things. Go down, you see. And how I've kept back nothing that was profitable unto you. I've given you everything, but have showed you and have taught you publicly and from house to house. Continue. 
testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. And now, behold, I go bound in the Spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there, save that the Holy Ghost witnesses in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me or await me in, in the place that I'm going to. But none of these things move me. Neither can I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course of joy. Paul knew that he had a course. He had a, a purpose that he had to fulfill. Everyone has some purpose to fulfill. Your life is for a reason. Your life is not for nothing. Hallelujah. God brought you here for a reason. He says, and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify of the gospel of the grace of God. To testify of the gospel of the grace of God. So Paul preached the gospel of the grace of God. But the challenge is that a lot of people think that the gospel of the grace of God is along a certain line. God has forgiven you. God is, which is true. We share that. I share that with you a lot. God loves you. We just sang about the love of God. The reckless love of God. How that God will chase you no matter where you are. There's no shadow he won't light up. Isn't it? No mountain he won't kick down coming after you. That's true. But there's another side. Say there's another side. side. Say to your neighbor, there's another side. side. You have to know about it. Else your life will not be correct. Your Christian life will not be correct. So I want to show you. Go to the next verse, verse 25. And now behold, I know that you all among whom have gone preaching the kingdom of God. So the gospel of the grace of God is in two portions. He says, among you who have gone preaching the kingdom of God shall see my face no more. He preached about the gospel of grace and preached about the gospel of the kingdom of God. Are you seeing it? Haven't you noticed it? Go to the verse before this, verse 24. But none of these things move me. Neither come my my life dear unto myself so that my friends are caused with joy and ministry, the ministry which I have received of the Lord to testify of the gospel of the grace of God. One, isn't it? Next verse. And now, behold, I know that all, all of you among whom have gone preaching the kingdom of God shall see my face no more. So there's a gospel of the kingdom of God as well, which is part of the gospel of the grace of God. And you need to hear about that one. And I want to scratch it just a little bit for you. Okay? Next verse. Wherefore, I take you to record this day that I am pure of the blood of all men. I am pure of the blood of all men. Why? Because I've preached unto you the gospel of the grace of God. And I've added the gospel of the kingdom of, of God to you as well. Next verse. For I have not shown to declare unto you all the counsel of God. All the counsel of God. If you teach one side, it is half of the counsel of God. You must know all the counsel of God. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I'm sure you are wondering what I want to talk about. You are in suspense. It's good. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm sharing with you concerning learning. The title of my message is Learning the Fear of the Lord. Learning the Fear of the Lord. Say learning. The Fear of God. Learning the Fear of the Lord or Learning the Fear of God. Whichever one you want to call it. Learning the Fear of God or Learning the Fear of the Lord. Or you can call it Walking in the Fear of the Lord. It's also powerful. Walking in the fear of the Lord. Because oftentimes, a lot of, you have a lot of Christians who are messing up. They know what they are doing. They like what they are doing. Because they have a certain understanding that God will forgive me. Which is true. Which is true.
which is true, but there's something else that you're losing. Hallelujah. So I'm going to take some weeks to share with you along this line. Learning the fear of the Lord. So that your life will be balanced. So that you can have access to the full counsel of the will of God. Okay? Look at Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13. This is a man called Solomon who had lived, he lived more than anybody lived. If you think you can have sex in your life, if you think you have had sex, you, you have not met Solomon yet. Solomon had 700 wives, right? Concubines and 300 wives. Those are the recorded. Now, concubines are official. They were official in those days. He was a king and he had concubines. Those are, they are recognized. Okay? Official side chicks, 700. And the wives were 300. And so we have unofficial side chicks as well. Plenty. I mean, he had access to plenty of women. Had sex with plenty of people. If you think you were Buzite, Solomon was more of a Buzite than you. Solomon knew what it means to drink, what it means to, I mean, money, chill. The Bible mentions how that every day they killed a thousand uh, cows in his house for his dinner. His dinner table was longer than from here to Bodhi Junction. Plenty of people on it. Everybody's eating and enjoying music. You think you have access to certain musics that can move you and cause you to do something. He, he listened to all the music you can think about. He had all the money you can think about. Bible mentions how that he built gardens. There's a hanging garden which was built by Solomon. I don't know if you've seen any garden that is hanging before. Solomon built a garden that was hanging in the air. Yes. And at the end of his life, he, he made mention of this particular in all important statements. He says, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. After experiencing a lot of things, he says, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. What is man supposed to do? What, is, what, what are we supposed to do with our lives? He says, fear God. Have you seen it? Fear what? Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. This is the whole duty of man. Your existence must be full of the fear of the Lord. And keeping his word. For this is the whole duty of man. The fear of God is very important. Look at Proverbs chapter 9. Let's read verse 10. Proverbs 9, 10. I want you to read this one to me. One to go. Read it once again. The fear of the Lord is what? It's the beginning of wisdom. You think this is the only place it is written. Look at Job. Job chapter 28, verse 28. Job 28, 28. One to go. Read it to me. Behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And to depart from evil is understanding. Read it once again. You know who Job is? Do you know who Job is? I'm showing you three people who had influence in the whole world. Okay? Who had access to riches, access to 
power and influence. They all said the same thing. I mentioned Solomon in some few minutes, some few minutes ago. This is the second person. Job. Job says, behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. The fear of the Lord is wisdom. <laughs> Look at the third person. Psalm 111, verse 10. Who do you think the third person is? David. You know who David is? David had real influence. Psalm 111, verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all they that do his commandments. His praise endures forever. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It's the beginning of wisdom. Hallelujah. <laughs> it's the beginning of wisdom. Now, that is a very important statement. It's the beginning of wisdom. Do you understand what wisdom is? The Bible mentions that wisdom is God himself. And that wisdom was there before the beginning began. Okay, Proverbs chapter 8. Look at Proverbs chapter 8. Let's read from verse 22. This is wisdom talking. If you read from verse 1, you see it. Okay? It says, the Lord possessed me in the beginning. Do you understand? Wisdom says, the Lord possessed me in the beginning of his ways. Before his works of old. Before anything, wisdom was there. That's why in 1 Corinthians 1 verse 30, the Bible says that Christ is made unto us wisdom. Because Christ is the embodiment of wisdom. Christ is wisdom. Wisdom is a person. And that, the name of that person is Jesus. Are you seeing what I'm talking about? I was set up from everlasting, from the beginning, or ever the earth was. I was set up. Wisdom was set up from, for, from everlasting, from the beginning. In other words, in eternity past, wisdom was already there. Before time began, it, wisdom was there already. When there were no deaths, I was brought forth. When there were no fountains abounding with water. Next verse. Before the mountains were settled, before the hills was I brought forth. While as yet he had not made the earth, nor the fields, nor the highest part of the dust of the world. I was brought forth already. Now, the Bible says that fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Wisdom came before the beginning. But the fear of the Lord is what began wisdom. <laughs> is, that not, is that what he's saying? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And wisdom existed before the beginning. So the fear of the Lord is a very big, a very important thing in life. If you don't have the fear of the Lord, you are in trouble. You are in trouble. You must have the fear of the Lord. You must be afraid of God. Because that is the beginning of your wisdom. Without that, you are very foolish. Your foolishness will abound. Yes, without the fear of the Lord, your foolishness will abound. Your foolishness will have no boundaries. You will, you will just be going on a, on a trajectory that you think is good. But it's not good for you at all. Because there's no fear of the Lord in your heart. You know, the fear of the Lord is a spirit. It's part of the sevenfold spirit manifestations of the Holy Spirit. If you read in Isaiah chapter 11, from verse 1, look at Isaiah chapter 11 from verse 1. Every time we talk about the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of knowledge and understanding and counsel, the spirit of might, but seldom do we talk about the spirit of the fear of the Lord because it's, it's still part of the seven spirits of the Lord. It's part of it. You can't take it out. You can't say you have the spirit of wisdom and not be involved with the spirit of the fear of the Lord. And there shall come forth a rod. This Isaiah chapter 11 verse 1. And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse and a branch shall grow out of his roots. 
and the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. Have you seen it? The spirit of the Lord, the spirit of the Lord is not the same as the spirit of the fear of the Lord. The spirit of the Lord is the spirit of lordship or dominion. That's different. Is this? And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The spirit of wisdom. That's the second spirit of uh, manifestation of the spirit of, the, of, the, of God. Then the spirit of understanding. Then the spirit of counsel and might. The spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. Now all these spirits move you know, in pairs, if you like. If you notice this, and the sword of the Lord shall rest upon him. The sword of wisdom and understanding. The sword of the Lord stands on his own. The sword of wisdom and understanding go together. Then he says, and the spirit of counsel and might, they also go together. And the sword of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. Without the fear of the Lord, you can't function in knowledge. The spirit of the fear of the Lord. Ask anybody, do you fear God? Or you only see God as a very loving God? Sweet wonderful. It's true. It's true. Don't you know it's true? How many times have I taught you about that? So many times. God is your father. You must see God as your father. But there's another side that you must be aware of so that you be careful. You have to respect your father. No matter how nice your father is, if you don't respect him. Your father is in public. He's talking to somebody. He's, he's talking on stage. And then you come and come and remove his belt. Because he's loving. He's your father. What do you think he will do to you? What do you think he will do to you? He will slap. I mean, it is, it is, it is bad parenting. If you, allow, if you don't expose your child to certain things that are very important. Chastising is part of it. Okay? You must chastise your child. Or you must beat your child to remove foolishness from, away, from, from his heart. The Bible says foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. And the rod of correction shall drive it far away from him. It's in the Bible. The rod of correction will drive it far away from him. Yeah. So you must, God has to chastise you a little bit. Can you imagine if a parent, does, a father does not teach you that fire is dangerous. And fire can kill you. What do you think will happen to you? He is, that is the end of your life. And it's his fault for not teaching you that fire is dangerous. We must teach you that fire is dangerous. Yeah. Perish of the to verse 15. Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. But the rod of correction shall drive it far from him. It's in the Bible. So what am I saying? Let's look at some of the things the fear of the Lord does for you. Okay? Can I show it to you? Okay. If you notice, it's the beginning of wisdom. So, the fear of the Lord brings you wisdom, brings you into the wisdom of God. I'll explain to you what it means, proper, proper, very soon. The next thing is that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. It's the beginning of knowledge. If there's no fear of the Lord, you can't understand the word of God. Proverbs chapter 1 verse 7. Look at Proverbs chapter 1 verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of what? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. The fear of the Lord is what? The of it's the beginning of knowledge. So if there's no fear of the Lord, you don't have no, you don't have access to the knowledge of God. He's talking about the knowledge of God. You open the reason why some people don't understand the Bible is because you don't have the fear of the Lord. You open the Bible, you are not seeing anything. You can't understand it. It's because there's no fear of the Lord in your heart. The fear of the Lord must be there. If the fear of the Lord is there, you have access to knowledge. You have access to knowledge. And you have access to wisdom and instruction. 
Okay? You have access to wisdom and instruction. When God tells you to do something, you will not have, it, have any difficulty in, try, in doing what God wants you to do. Because you, are, you have the fear of the Lord in your heart. You will do what he wants you to do. Listen, I could have decided not to have anything to do with the church. I could have decided not to start the church. Because the instruction was not powerful. It was not remarkable. It was not dramatic. It had no fire and brimstone related to it. It was very simple. Just do it. I'm showing you to just do it. That's what God told me to do. But because I fear the Lord, I moved quickly to do what God wanted me to do. And even though it, it didn't look like it was anything, I still did it anyway. Right now, there are many people in the church whose lives have been transformed. If we weren't there, a lot of lives would have been lost. As we were discussing it in the cars were coming. A lot of lives would have been lost. If there's no fear of the Lord, you will not have access to wisdom. And you will not have access to knowledge. Hmm, let me show you some more. The fear of the Lord prolongs your days or prolongs your life. It prolongs your life. Proverbs chapter 10 verse 27. I'm taking all my scriptures from Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 10 verse 27. Are you there? The fear of the Lord prolonged days, but the years of the wicked shall be shortened. The fear of the Lord will prolong your days. It will prolong your life. How many of you want long life? Fear God. Tell anybody, fear God. Fear and keep his commandments. This is the whole duty of man. It will prolong your life. If you fear God, you will not be into boozing. If you fear God, you will not be into fornication. These are things God has categorically spoken against that he doesn't like. Don't cover your life with God is gracious. He's kind. He's merciful. So you can do whatever you want to do and God will always be gracious. He will always be kind. You are shortening your life because there's no fear. The fear of the Lord is not in your heart. You are shortening your life. You are shortening. No fear of God. You are not afraid of God's commandments. You get it? I don't know if... What type of a father did you have? I had a very wild father. My father was very wild. I mean, if my father says, don't go here and you go, you are in trouble. Do you understand beating? (laughs) No, I was beaten and hanged for for throughout the night once in my life. I was hanged by the house. Stay like that throughout the night. I was very stubborn. You see me cool, calm, quiet, collected like this. You think I... My father is the one who has beat me to become like this. Yeah, correction. Oh. Do you know stop? I eat breakfast at home. Lunch supper is in other people's house. Because I'm not coming home. When I leave, I'm gone. That's why... It's, it's, I don't know whether it was part of my life. I like moving out. I like going out. I don't like staying at one place. Be pechimpa. And now the Lord is using it for his work. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't stay at home. I don't stay at home. I'm, 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 I'm the last but one of my mother's children. Okay, that's my poker is behind me. He's the last one of my mother's children. But my name is the one. So there are, there are five people ahead of me. Is there five, four people ahead of me? Okay. Who are supposed to be known in my home? Like, they are supposed to be known before me. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Like, if you are trying to mention, my name is what is used to qualify my father and qualify my mother. My, my, my birth name is Quisi. So they will say, oh, Quisi Papa, and I call Quisi Mama, and I call Quisi, Quisi Fie. It is my house. I'm the one who's known. Very stubborn. Even right now, when we are driving, sometimes when we are driving home to my mom's end, and my wife is with me, she'll see me waving people. People will be waving, hey, what's up? Hey, what's up? And she'll say, hey, assemblyman, Bessini Uncle. I'm still known in the area. I don't stay at home. I'm the one everybody sends. 
Everybody sends me. Yes. Everybody sends me. I'm, I'm gone. I'm off. When I take breakfast, it's finished. I'm off. Stubborn. My father had to beat me to be calm, calm. Hallelujah. And he has prolonged my days. Yes. Because I wouldn't be here. Yeah. Hallelujah. He beat me to stay in church. Stay in church. Why are you going? Stay in church. Who going? The fear of the Lord will prolong your days. It will prolong your days. If you are afraid of God, that if I do, God says, if I do this thing, he doesn't like. Then I will not do it. Is it too complicated to understand? You should fear God. Okay? To prolong your days. Next verse. Let's go to another one. The fear of the Lord produces confidence in your life. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 26. Proverbs 14, 26. I'm coming. I'm just setting up and then I'll start talking to you. Okay? Proverbs 14, 26. It produces what? Strong confidence. That's what the Bible says. It says, in the fear of the Lord is strong confidence. Not just confidence, but strong confidence. Strong confidence. And his children shall have a place of refuge. In the fear of the Lord is strong confidence. If you fear God, you will always be in the right place. And it will dictate, you will not, you will not be the one who is always praying for God to forgive your sins. Because there's no fear of God, you always pray because your relationship with God is you did wrong and he has to forgive you. That is the only relationship you know. I did wrong. So all your prayer is forgive me, forgive me, forgive me, forgive me. So when it's time to pray for somebody, we say pray, lay hands on somebody and pray. There is no confidence to lay hands on a person and pray because you know that it's like you are not right with God. So your confidence is shaking. And hence your deliverance is delayed. The devil can accuse you. For most of us, every, that, that is our story. Every time accusations, the devil is always accusing you. There's no sweet fellowship between you and God. Your fellowship is that of always confessing your sins. And your relationship with the devil is not that of rebuking him and telling him to get out of your life. It's always just accusation. You're just accusing you. You're quiet. You understand? When the devil is talking, you're quiet because you know that what he's saying is true. So your confidence is very low. Even your confidence in making requests from God is low. Because you don't think that God will even grant you the request that you are asking for. Because you know it's like you're not a good person. So you, ask, you tell a pastor to ask for you. <laughs> pastor, ask for me. There's no strong confidence. Therefore, there's no refuge. You can't, you can't have a place of refuge in your spiritual life, in your physical life, in your material life. Do you understand what I'm saying? But the fear of the Lord will grant you strong confidence. When the fear of the Lord is there, and you are talking to the devil, you tell the master, get out. Because you know that he's coming and he has nothing in you. That's what Jesus said. Jesus said that the devil cometh, the prince of this world cometh, and he has nothing in me. There was no, he couldn't find anything in him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. In the fear of the Lord is what? Strong confidence. How many of you want to have strong confidence? The fear of the Lord is the way. Fear God. Tell me about fear God. Fear God. 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 Yeah. You have scholarship. The lady has opened her legs for you. You must have the, if you don't have the fear of the Lord, you do yourself things. You dirty yourself. And as you are dirty yourself, you have the mind that when I finish, 
I'll come and apologize to God and God. You only know about the aspect of God forgiving. You don't know about the aspect of God not liking some things. And hence God chastising you. There are inward chastisements and there are outward chastisements. Yes. Inward and outward. Inward chastisement comes through the word of God. That's why we are preaching like this. You know what I'm preaching now? You are being chastised like ish. Hmm. Type of messages. Messages that to choke you. They are not exciting. You can't shout. You can't, you can't, you are just there. That is inward chastisement. It comes through the word of God, through the spoken word, and through the word of God that God speaks to you through the Holy Spirit inside you. The Holy Spirit corrects you, tells you, no, don't do this. Don't do that. Don't do that. The Bible mentioned, go to Hebrews chapter 12. It's part of the ministry of God. God chastises his children. Okay? If he doesn't chastise you, then he can't, you are not a son. He can't receive you. You are, you are a bastard. Hebrews chapter 12. Let's read from verse 7. Let's read from verse 5 so that we understand even some more. He says, and have you forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children? My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. God rebukes you, and God chastises you, or chastises you. For whom the Lord loveth, he chastiseth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son. He beats every son. Scourge means to beat. He beats every son whom he receiveth. Okay? Go to verse 4. Before this, he had said something. Look at verse 4. Ye have not resisted unto blood, striving against sin. Let's go up so we can understand it well. Can we go up? Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. Have you seen it? And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. It says, put everything aside, all the things that distract you, all the sin that so easily besets you, put it aside. And run the race that is set before you. Okay? How? Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Then he gives you the example of Christ. What Jesus did. Jesus had a lot of problems. The Bible says that Jesus went through things that we are, we are going through. He was tempted in all points. But yet he was without sin. Why? Because he had the fear of the Lord. So he's using him as an example for us. He's looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Who for the joy that was set before him. There was something greater that he saw. For the judge that said before him, endure the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of God, the throne of God. For consider him, he says, consider him, consider Jesus, that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself. Sin became a person and was fighting against him. <laughs> Lest he be worried and faint in your minds. Okay? Then he says, you have not yet resisted unto blood. Striving against sin. Jesus resisted unto bloodshed. Striving against sin. You have not gotten to that point yet. Are you seeing it? Then he goes on to say, and you have, forgot, have you forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children? My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. When God is correcting you concerning something that you are doing that is not right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth. It is God's love to chastise you. It is God's love to tell you that what you are doing is wrong. Change it. The fear of the Lord is in various forms. And I'm going to show it to you. It's in various forms. People come chewing, chewing gum in church and put it under the, the table, the, the chair. You don't have the fear of the Lord. That's why you are doing that. Oh, yes. It's in various forms. And I'm, going to, I'm just showing you some sides. Because it's going to be throughout for some weeks. Maybe some three weeks. Okay? You're chastening for the next three weeks. Then we'll go back to smiling. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scorned every son whom he receiveth. 
Next verse. If you endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the father chasteneth not? But if you be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then are you bastards and not sons. If, you, if God does not rebuke you from inside, when you do something wrong, there's, there's something wrong. So there's inward chastisement. And there's outward chastisement. Outward chastisement comes when inward chastisement has failed. God has spoken to you, uh, you are not changing. Then, he brings challenges from without you. He arranges challenges around you. That will make you repent and make you change, change your mind. It is God's mercy. Well, there's a guy who was sleeping with his, mother's, with his father's wife in, in, the, in the church of Corinth. And he didn't have any remorse. He was just messing up. Do, he was even boasting about it. You, you do something for Adam. You go for Adam. You go for Adam. The grace of God is functioning my life. Paul said, I've left him. I've delivered him over to Satan. It is the outward chastisement. Delivering you over to Satan. So that you can be judged. <laughs> Satan will deal with you. These are scriptures in the Bible. 2 Corinthians chapter, chapter uh, 5, verse 1. 5, 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse have you seen it? Let's read from verse 1 so that you understand. It is reported commonly that there is fornication among you. So it's not the first. I mean, churches have fornication inside. No, churches, churches have that. You have the choir, choir master sleeping with everybody. You have the pastors chewing plenty of people. You see, it is reported commonly. Commonly. It is reported commonly that there is fornication among you. And such fornication, your fornication, the fornication that's in the church has gone beyond the, even the one outside in the world. That, that was what the Korean the church was, ma- masters of fornication. It says, it is, it is, it is, it says, and such fornication as is not as much as named among the Gentiles. Even the Gentiles don't do that. That one should have his father's wife. The guy was sleeping with his father's wife. And he was happy. Look at the next verse. And you are puffed up. And have not rather mourned. You should have mourned when you heard that someone had done that. No, he says you are puffed up instead. That he that has done this deed might, have, might be taken away from among you. For I verily, I verily, as upset in body, but present in spirit, have judged already. As though I were present concerning him that has done, so done this deed. This guy, this is what will happen to him. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when you are gathered together and my spirit with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ, he says you have to deliver such an one, such a person unto Satan. For the destruction of the flesh, that the spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. You must deliver him to Satan, so that Satan will kill him. So that his spirit will be saved, because if we are not careful, it will affect his spirit, and he will go to hell. So for him not to go to hell, something bad must happen to him. That is outward chastisement. When circumstances are arranged, some HIV visits you. Some hepatitis kill. Strange diseases. That has never been seen before. Will just affect you. And then you are gone. Then you'll be saved on that day. Hallelujah. It's in the Bible. So you just continue. Tell him, but you, if you like, just continue on what you are doing. Yeah, that's the, the fear of the Lord is being afraid that you'll be given over unto Satan. You have to be careful. Though. Tell me, but you have to be careful. Though. Don't just be messing up. Yeah, we give instructions, you don't mind. We say, we are, we are gathering here. You don't fear God, so you will not come. I will not come. I'm not coming. Who are these people? You can insult your pastor. Both in your heart and on your lips. 
You are in trouble. Your trouble is a lot. You just don't know it yet. Hallelujah. You can't just keep the equipment just like that. You don't clean nothing. A place is looking like... Uh, hallelujah. The fear of the Lord. It will prolong your days. Tell anybody to prolong your days. It will give you strong confidence. The next point is that it is the source of life. It is the source of life. Proverbs chapter 14 verse 27. The fear of the Lord is the source of life. You must be afraid of God. You must be afraid of God. If they put you in charge of something, take care of it. Don't think that it's the pastor who has put you in charge of it. It's God who has put you in charge of it. Take care of things well. If the thing gets spoiled, it's God's money we are going to use to repair it. Take care of it well. Okay? Handle church property well. Don't be writing on the church walls. Dirty in the church walls. We wing anywhere. You go to the toilet, you poo poo, and you leave it just like that and leave. I'm preaching. Yeah, someone has even burst one of our toilet bowls. Yes, the, the one, the side for flashing, it's gone. It, didn't, it, didn't, it wasn't there for more than six months. Someone just destroyed it. Yes. And as we, we come here, we have service. The whole place is like bola. Refuse everywhere. When I come, I'm always, I'm always angry. Those who live here, I'm always fighting with them. I'm always fighting. You can ask them. When I come, what, why is this one here? Why is, because I know. You see, this is the place where God, you claim that God is. And we have dedicated that as for God. We must keep the place neat. God is neat too. Do you understand? So you don't, you don't just be dropping rubber. All, go and put it into the dust. There are dustbins around. Put them into the, the, the dustbin. You don't fear God. That's why you behave the way you behave. The fear, if, you don't, if you lack the fear of God, you will not have access to the, the knowledge of God's word. You are opening your Bible, you are reading and you are not understanding because you are not, you don't fear God along a certain line. You forgot to, you didn't put the rubbish where you were supposed to put it. Because of that simple thing, God is not, you can't, open, you can't understand the Bible. It's like you are going, you are dry and you don't know what's going, you are praying, thanks, confessing, doing everything, nothing is changing. No fear. There's no fear of God. That is why it's like that. The fear of the Lord is the fountain of life. Do you understand the fountain? What's the fountain? I'm correcting you. It's needed. The fountain of life. What is the fountain? What's the fountain? When we say something is a fountain, a fountain of uh, water or fountain, a wellspring is a source. Do you understand? It's a source. It says, the fear of the Lord is a source of life. This is what message. The fear of God is a spring of living water, so you won't go off drinking from poisoned wells. It's a spring of water. It's always coming. It's a source. Spring coming. So if you have the fear of the Lord, you have life. You see, life everlasting. The life of God will be working effectively because of the fear of the Lord. To have strength to produce results without any challenge. Hallelujah. The fear of the Lord is a source of riches and honor. That's the next one. It's a source of riches and honor. There are many, but I want to just give you these ones. It's a source of riches and honor. Proverbs chapter 22 verse 4. Proverbs 22 verse 4. Is a source of riches and what? Proverbs 22 verse 4. By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. Have you seen it? He even adds life to it. It says, by the fear of the Lord are riches. So some people are not, you, you are sowing seeds, but nothing is happening because there's no fear. The fear of the Lord is not there. 
So I, I mentioned a scripture to you some weeks ago. Who shall ascend into the holy hill of the Lord? It's the one who has clean hands and a pure heart. Whose soul is not lifted up unto foolishness. He's the one who shall ascend into the holy hill of the Lord. Listen. God is holy. Remember God is holy. Okay? God forgives sin, but he doesn't like sin. You understand? So if you are wallowing intentionally, you are intentionally wallowing in your foolishness. Now, how many of you will pick your child who has pooped and has used it to rub his face and everything and he's coming to hug you? Will you and you are wearing your Christmas dress. Will you let him come and hug you like that? No matter how loving you are, what will you do? You do him like this so that he can come close to you. Isn't it? And you carry him in a certain way and throw him into a, a bathtub. Pour water on him for him to be clean. No matter how loving you are, you won't, do, you won't just hug the child with your Christmas dress and everything. No. You do it in a certain way. Who shall ascend to the hill of the Lord? Or who shall stand in his holy place? He that has clean hands. Say clean hands. Your, your hands are not for foolish things. Press sentence. Press sentence inserting into some places. He that has clean hands and a pure heart. Your heart is pure. Pure heart. You, don't, you are not thinking foolish things concerning anybody. You don't have uh, uh, diabolical plans for people. Do you understand? Huh. Who has not lifted up his soul unto vanity? His soul is not lifted unto vanity. Nor sworn deceitfully. These are, this is the qualification. God has brought us close. Yeah, we are seated together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's the truth. But the same Bible says, draw nigh unto me and I'll draw nigh unto you. Same Bible in the New Testament. Draw nigh unto me and I'll draw nigh unto you. So don't think that it's just one-sided. It's double-sided. Okay? Praise the Lord. Yeah. The fear of the Lord is the source of riches and honor and life. Riches, honor, Life. I'll fear God. I'll fear God. I'll fear God. David said, I will not exercise myself in matters that are high. You insult men of God anyhow with your mouth. No fear of God inside your heart. So you can just lift up your, your mouth. You just, Otabel is like this. Your mouth. Archbishop Dan, you, you even dare to say Archbishop before you mention his name. Archbishop Duncan William, Williams is like this. He has done this. He went to do this. He went to do that. Things you have not seen. You've never met the man before. You don't know who he is. You don't know what has happened. If you were in his place, you'd have fallen long ago. It's just like insulting Adam. It's just like insulting Adam. Like Adam has whatever, whatever. You don't, if you were there, you would have eaten the, the tree, the sand around it. You would drink the water that is close by. You would do a lot of things. You are criticizing what you don't understand. Eh? This is David, Psalm 131, verse 1. He says, Lord, my heart is not haughty, nor my eyes lofty. Neither do I exercise myself in great matters or, or in things too high for me. There are things that are too high for you that you are not supposed to talk about. Too high. Because there's no fear of the Lord. People can just talk. Christians, though, they just talk. They just talk, anyhow. Siding by with politics, politicians, these people are like this, people are like this. So 
even if what they are doing is not right and is against the church, you will still fight for them. There's something wrong with you. You don't have the fear of God. Your time is coming. Hallelujah. Now, I want to show you some fruits of the lack of the fear of the Lord. Okay? Things that show. And fruits. Bad fruits, of course. Bad fruits of the lack. Things that show that you lack the fear of the Lord. What will happen? What will be showing in your life? Are you getting it? It's just like saying the disadvantages, disadvantages of not having the fear of the Lord. I think when I show you the disadvantages, you understand the advantages. Isn't it? Okay. So let's read 1 Corinthians chapter 10 from verse 1 to verse 15. Then I'll explain it. So all my three weeks of preaching is going to be centered around this particular scripture, these particular scriptures, okay? When people come to church and then they lift their leg and put it on their chair. <laughs> the gum is what even pains me. You chew gum and then you put it under the, the seat. Why? It's God's household. Don't misbehave. Sometimes I come here, I come and see some people watching movies in the, in the church. In the auditorium. Why? Why should it be like that? You are watching Jet Li. Someone, if someone is coming to come and pray and he sees you watching a movie in the auditorium, what do you think he will do? You have disbelieved the person. Even where I'm coming to, you are watching a movie. So what, I, what, what can I do? God is not here. Let me go somewhere else. That's why I shout on you like that. That's why I came here. I saw that. I shouted on them. They, they repented seven times, but still, they didn't feel good. <laughs> I shouted on them. Pa. Don't do that. Don't do some of those. Don't do those things. Okay? Yeah. You should be interested in coming to clean the church. When you see cobwebs, you on your own as a church member, go and buy whatever. Cobweb, cobweb remover and come and remove the, all the cobwebs. Decide I'm going to clean the windows. Something. Don't, let, don't, don't wait for us to organize it. If you fear God, you will do some things. As you wipe the windows, your problems will be wiped away. Oh, people have had too many testimonies like that. Too many. So let's see. The church in the wilderness and their problems. He says, moreover, brethren, I would not that you should be ignorant. Say, I would not that you should be ignorant. Because a lot of God's children are ignorant of some of these things. Ignorant. Hallelujah. Your ignorance will kill you. One-sided. Oh, God is love. It's true. We are love economy, so we preach the love of God. All right. Inside the love of God is the fear of God. I will not have you ignorant. That's what I'm preaching to you. How that all of our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea. He's talking about the children of Israel. He says, all of them were under the cloud. What does it mean to be under the cloud? That represents the born again experience. Are you listening to me? They were all under the cloud. The cloud was... The Holy Spirit himself. The born again experience is through the Holy Spirit. So the, tip, the, the typology, we have, there's something called typology. Okay, typology is having a type in the Old Testament that is real in the New Testament. Okay, so the Bible mentions that Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed. But the Passover is actually something that happened in the Old Testament. But that's what happened there. The lamb they killed was just a type. 
a foreshadow of the reality. The reality is Christ as the sheep or the lamb that will be sacrificed for man's problems, man's sins. Do you understand? Uh So typology is is plenty in the Bible. Leviticus has plenty typologies. That's why sometimes you pick some of those things and show you what it means. Okay? So he's showing, he says, all of all of our fathers were under the cloud, and they all passed through the sea. The sea represents baptism. They were all baptized. They all went through the sea unto Moses. Look at the next verse. And were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea. All representing the born-again experience. And then the baptism. Water baptism. The baptism after the born-again experience. All of them, say all of them. All of them were taken out of Egypt. Remember, they were all taken out of Egypt and they were all supposed to end up in Canaan. That was the plan of God. They were all supposed to end up in Canaan, but it wasn't all of them who got there. Look at the next verse. They, and they all did eat the same spiritual meat. They all did eat the same spiritual meat. Actually, it wasn't any spiritual, it wasn't spiritual, it was physical meat, physical food, manna. They all partook of the manna. The manna is the word of God. The type, the represent, actual representation of the manna is the word of God. The eating the word of God. And the man, you see, the manna was not eating. Uh, you couldn't keep it till the following morning. What you gather for today is what you're supposed to eat for today. The word of God that you use for today is not good for tomorrow. That is why every day you must read your Bible. You must read your Bible every day. If you read your Bible this, uh, on Monday and you don't read that till Saturday, you realize that you are weak. Your life is bizarre throughout the week. I don't know if you've noticed. Because you are, you are depending on one day meal. You ate the manna the first day. You're expecting it to be going for Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. But after the, the first, if you take the manna today and you keep it for tomorrow, tomorrow it will become worms. I'll show it to you. Exodus chapter 16. It will become worms. Hallelujah. And they all did eat the same spiritual meat or the same spiritual food. And they all drink the same spiritual drink. They all partook of the rock which was behind them. Which was Christ. Christ was the rock. It says, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them. And that rock was Christ. Have you seen it? So there was a rock that, Israel was a very scary group to follow. They had a big rock following them, bouncing behind them everywhere they went. That was giving them water every, every day. Okay? And that was Christ. Christ was, they partook of Christ. They part, and that's the Holy Spirit. Okay? They partook of the Holy Spirit. They partook of the infilling of the Spirit every single day. They drank of the Spirit every single day. All of them. And these are things every Christian does, or every Christian is supposed to have or do. Every Christian gets born again. If you are not born again, you can't be called a Christian. You go through the cloud. You are baptized. If you are not baptized, you have to be baptized. We're baptizing people in, during the month or early next month. Okay? At the same time, we all partake of the Bible, the Word of God. Right now, so I'm talking to you, I'm feeding you the Word of God. I'm showing scriptures. I'm not talking about my, my shirt and my shoe and my suit. I'm talking about the word of God. I'm talking about Jesus Christ, isn't it? When you go home, you partake of the bread. You partake of the word of God. You partake of the spirit. We just did some worship. We just spoke in tongues. As you're speaking in tongues, you've been filled with the spirit. So these are things that every Christian partakes of. Look at the next verse. But with many of them, with many Christians, God was not well pleased. With many of them, God was not well pleased. God did not like them. He didn't like the way they behaved. For they were overthrown in the wilderness. They were over... Look at the Amplified. Nevertheless, God was not pleased with the great majority of them. 
Now, when he says great majority of them, only two people were, ble- were believing to God. Though. <laughs> only two. Who are the two? Joshua and Caleb. Finished. They were the only ones in their generation who were able to go to the next level. Everyone died in their wilderness. Every one of them. So when he says with the great majority, he's talking about everyone. There were three million Jews that came out. And only two were pleasing to God. And their children, who didn't know the foolishness of Egypt. They didn't have any idea of what had happened in Egypt. They were the ones who were saved. For they were overthrown and strewn down along the ground in the wilderness. God, God left them in the ground. He left them in the world. The ground represents the wilderness represents the world. He left them there. God was not interested in working with them. So are there Christians today that God is not interested in working with? Plenty. Plenty. God has forgotten about them a long time ago. He's, he's moved on. But they are not dead. They are alive. But God has moved on. You can be here. God has moved on and you not know. Ask Saul. Have you? You know Saul? Ask Saul in the Bible. Saul was anointed for two years in his life. He was king over Israel for 40 years. And after the 40 years, he was only anointed as king and had the anointing of God just two years. 38 long years, he was a king. Without the spirit. Can you imagine? It's called the fear of the Lord. You don't know when God will decide that you, I don't like you anymore. Do you get it? I, I, don't, I don't like you anymore. The Bible mentions how that Eliab was rejected of God. Eliab was rejected of God. Long time. He didn't know. He was not aware. He was moving up and down. Like everything was fine. When Samuel saw Eliab coming, Eliab was take tall. Take tall. Coming like that. He looked like a king. And Samuel, Samuel saw, even the prophet Samuel was deceived by his stature. He took the oil to anoint him. He said, behold, the Lord's anointed standing before him. God said, my brother, sit down. I miss I. This one, you have missed it. Sit down. It's for God, look at on the heart. Man, look at on the outward. You are looking on the outward, but I'm looking at his heart. See, I've rejected him. Long time. God has rejected some churches. Long time ago. Haven't, why do you think churches, new churches keep starting? And there are human beings inside. Why do you think it's like that? Or you've never thought about it. New churches keep coming up. And they will keep coming up. Because a lot of these wild churches have been... God has left them long time ago. Do you understand when I say God has God can't use them to do what he wants to do. As long as the church is teaching that the Holy Spirit is for some people. I mean, why, how can God work with everybody? He can't work with you. As long as some churches don't believe in doing evangelism, there are some churches you will never... And that's why some people complain that some, our church is too difficult yeah, to be in in some way. It's like you can't just be in the church. You can't be there. You can't, it's, it's like it's difficult. Because you don't know the actual plan of God. You don't know the actual plan. That's why you're complaining. If you knew the actual plan of God, nobody would tell you to do evangelism. You'll be sowing seeds all over, bringing you both to the house of God. You'll be doing it without complaining. That is the reason why the church exists, though. But because some churches, oh, everybody just come and sit down, you hear the word of God, pure mess. You don't do anything in the house of God. You just stand up and go. And then you live your life doing everything, everything else the way you want to. Some people, I was, even, I was being told yesterday that some people prevent their children from doing anything in the house of God. And it's true. Yeah, as leaders in that church, they have decided that their children shouldn't do anything in the church. When I should not go for committee, why are you going? Sit down, sit at home. Go for lectures. Lectures are more important. We are not saying lectures are not important. We are not. But after all is said and done, your lecture will not mean anything in heaven. You will die. Or you don't know that you will die. Slap your neighbor and ask, you, do, do you know that you will die? 
there are some things that are important that you must be involved in, that you must give your life to. You don't have to just be sitting around, yeah, I'm just a Christian. I'm a Christian. I'm, I'm, I'm just a Christian. I'm just moving around. I'm just going and coming. I'm just a Christian. I speak in my tongues. And then I go home. You are, you are something wrong with you. When we tell you, you think we are criticizing, you think we are, we are being extreme and we are being some way and we are... You don't know. You don't know. God has moved on long time. God has overthrown them. Overthrown them long ago. They have the spirit. They are born again. They have been baptized. But God has left them long time ago. Long time. The word gets, keeps getting darker and darker and darker and darker. And Christians are sitting down. Mission. If you say someone should become a missionary. Hey! We say become a missionary to Sierra Leone. We went to Sierra Leone. We didn't see even one charismatic church. I didn't see. I don't know if you saw. Yes. We, you saw Christ Embassy and I saw Lighthouse as well. Yeah. Dude, finish. How many charismatic churches are in Ghana? Plenty. Everybody's collecting money. 500 Ghana counseling session. God has overthrown people long time. They don't know. They are just there. Everything is functioning normal. Saul was a king for 38 long years. No Holy Ghost. Everything was fine. Because he didn't want to be forgotten, he built a statue so that he will not be forgotten. But statues won't do anything. Statues can be pulled down. David didn't build any statue. We remember him. Hallelujah. Yeah. That's why churches keep starting. That's why new people, you'll be there, some young person, you realize that the person is just going, is doing well because he's committed to the things of God. He fears God. He fears God. He's not taking God for granted. Let me show you. you see it. He's forgotten about Next verse. Next verse. Verse, verse 6. Says now these things, these things, the things that happened to them. Okay? Now these things our, our, were our examples. They are examples to the intent we should not, number one, last after evil things as they also lasted. So, first point the fruit of a lack of the fear of the Lord in your heart, okay, is the production of lusts. Lasting after evil things. They lasted after evil things. Let me read everything to you. I'll show you all the points. Then I'll break them into pieces for you throughout the weeks. Okay? Next verse. Okay, next verse. Neither be ye idolaters. Some of them became idolaters. Some of them were lasting after evil things. Others became no fear of God. So last was ruling. No fear of God. So idolatry, they replace God with other things. Other things. I'll show you. As were some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. They sat down. That's idolatry. So if you're in a church, you're just eating, drinking, rising up to play. Nobody, nothing is doing, happening. When you say, come, you come, nobody makes you anybody a leader. You're just in a church. You are not going to be made a pastor. Pastor is something for a certain group of people. No. Not, not in this church. No, and not, not even just, no, I'm not talking about this, church. I'm talking about the kingdom of God. How can you be in the kingdom of God and you have nothing to do with it? No. That is not how the kingdom of God has functioned up to this world. Everybody got involved. That is why the gospel moved from one place to the other. People have moved, people have died. Church does not mean I'll be rich forever. No. It is a kingdom that is being built that we are involved in. That is the gospel of the kingdom. If you don't do what you're supposed to do, God look at your face one day and tell you, you, move here. You, move here. That day he will, not, he will be a judge. He will not be a father. And he will not be a, a loving father. No. 
some fire will burn some people and burn some things. I'm coming to show you to burn some people and burn some things. Some people will be naked, stuck naked in heaven. Your ding dong will be on. Like that. So don't just be moving around. It's like nothing is happening. We're just going to church. We're just coming. It's like, uh, if we like, if we want to go to church, we go. If we don't want to go to church, we don't go. If we, and we are chasing you all over the place. It's like, we don't know what you want. We are handing over gold to you. If you like, reject it. On the right time, you know that you rejected gold. Neither be idolaters, as were some of them. As, I'm sorry for scaring you, but that is how it's supposed to be. Okay? Let me scare you small. Let me scare you small. So that's... Neither be idolaters as were some of them. As is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. So that's the second thing. The lack of the fear of the Lord leads you into idolatry. Next verse. Neither let us commit fornication. As some of them committed and fell in one day three and twenty thousand. Eh? Twenty-three thousand people died in one day because of fornication. The church is full of fornication. Adultery. Husbands who are chasing people's girlfriends. <laughs> Church. It's amazing. All under the guise of grace. Grace, oh grace. Let us sin today, for tomorrow we confess our sins. The Lord will forgive. It's true. But you are losing out on a lot of things. God has forgotten about you. You are like a cloth that cannot be used anymore. Neither let us tempt Christ. Another group also tempted Christ. That's the next thing. If you don't have the lack, lack of fear leads you to tempting Christ. <laughs> Do you understand tempting Christ? I'll show you what it means. They tempted Christ. And some of them also tempted and were destroyed of serpents. I'll show you. Neither memory. That's the next one. Memoring. Neither memory and some of them also remembered and were destroyed of the destroyer. Next verse. It says, Now all these things happened unto them for our for examples unto us. And they were written for our admonition. Do you understand admonition? Message. Let's read message. These are all warning makers. Danger. Danger. <laughs> These are all warning makers, danger in our history books, written down so that we don't repeat their mistakes. The church is repeating their mistakes. Our positions in the story are parallel. They are the beginning, we are the end, and we are just as capable of messing it up as they were. Capable of messing it up. Next verse. Don't be so naive and self confident. You are not exempt. You could fall flat on your face as easily as anyone else. Forget about self-confidence. It's useless. Cultivate God-confidence. No test or temptation that comes your way is beyond the cost of what others have had to face. All you need to remember is that God will never let you down. That's grace. He will never let you be pushed past your limits. He will always be there to help you come through it. Pastor I, couldn't, all those people, Pastor, I couldn't help myself. It's the work of the devil. I don't know what happened to God. So God didn't show up. You're lying. He says, no test that has fallen you is beyond what man has ever experienced. So let's pick them one by one. Number one. What was the first one? The first one is what? Last thing after evil things. 
Last thing after evil things. Psalm 104 verse 13. Let me show it to you. What happened to them? And then I'll show you what it means for us. Okay? Psalm 106 verse 14. 13 and 14. Can you read it to me? 106. Hallelujah. Did you see that? Go to verse 13 once again. They soon forgot his works. He brought them through the clouds, through the sea. You remember the wonderful, wild way the sea miracle was? When they came out of the sea and into the wilderness and started walking, they forgot about how powerful God was. They forgot how powerful the, the miracle was. And the Bible says they waited not for his counsel. They didn't wait for God. If you, if you like, check the whole of the work of the, of the Israelites. It's, it's as though God always waited for them to complain before he gave them what they wanted to get. Or what was needed for them. It was as though God waited. Why? They always went ahead of God. They always wanted... What, they, what their flesh can give them. They never waited for God's counsel. God never came and said, Israel, do this. No, they never waited for that. They will go ahead. They will do what they want to. And God will be compelled. Okay, let's do this for them. They will insult God before God comes to come and give them counsel. <laughs> Numbers chapter 11 verse 4. Look at Numbers chapter 11 verse 4. And the mixed multitude that was among them fell a lasting. And the children of Israel also wept again and said, Who shall give us flesh to eat? Who shall give us flesh to eat? If you notice, it says that, And the children of Israel also wept again, meaning that they had wept earlier. So let's look at the early, earlier weeping. Okay? Exodus 16. Let's read from verse 1. Exodus 16 from verse 1. And they took their journey from Elim, and all the congregation of the children of Israel came unto the wilderness of sin. It's called the wilderness of sin, because all their wrongs began from here which is between Elim and Sinai, on the 15th day of the second month after they are departing out of the land of Egypt. So this was 16, 15th day of the second month in Chai. Okay? And the whole congregation of Israel, of the children of Israel, murmured against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the children of Israel said unto them, Would to God we had died in the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt. We would have preferred to have died in the land of Egypt. We would have preferred for God to have killed us in the land of Egypt. Why? When we sat by the flesh pots, and when we did eat bread to the full, all lies. All that they are saying is lies. It wasn't true. We should read the message here. The brothel is too much. Okay. Message. The Israelites said, Why didn't God let us die in comfort in Egypt? Well, we had lamp stew and all the bread we could eat. You've brought us out into this wilderness to starve us to death. The whole company of Israel. God said to Moses, I'm going to rain bread down from the skies for you. So they complained. This is the first time they asked for flesh. First time. Remember, the flesh is what they said, what we had in Egypt. God has taken you out of Egypt, the land of bondage. You still remember the things that are in Egypt. And you want to go back to that one. 
God has gotten you born again. Now you still want, you were a fornicator before. Now you are a child of God. But you have, you still have conscience of how the tastes. You understand? The styles. Oh, you'll be there, you'll be there. And you want to go back. Asking for some feelings to come in. I'm going to rain bread down from the skies for you. The people will go out and gather each day's ration. I'm go- this is when the manna came. And can you imagine God even brought them flesh as well? He told them you will eat bread in the morning and you eat flesh in the evening. Hmm? I'm going to test them to see if they will live according to my teaching or not. Next verse. On the seat they went, they prepare. It will tell blah, 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 blah. Next verse. You can read it for yourself when you go. This evening, you will know that it is, God, it is God who brought you out of Egypt. They didn't know. And in the morning, you will see the glory of God. Yes, he's listened to your complaints against him. You haven't been complaining against us. You know, you know. But against God. Next verse. Moses said, Since it will be God who gives you meat for your meal in the evening and your, and your, fill, your fill of bread in the morning, it's God who have listened to your complaints against him. He gave them meat in the evening and gave them bread in the morning. He did. The Bible mentions, if you go down, you see that God brought quills. Let's read King James. The Bible mentions that God brought quills in the evening for them. If you, you can look for it, it's down there somewhere. Quills were the beds. He brought them meat and they ate. And we're still complaining. Sometimes some people will say that when I was in the world, things were better. I was better. I had money. I had whatever. I had cars. I didn't need to suffer. I didn't. Now I'm a child of God. I don't know anything. I'm suffering. Nobody's giving to me. Nobody's doing it. Nobody's minding me. Nobody's proposing to me. Nobody. Okay. You are falling into the same category. God is going to live your life for you. Yeah. Look at it. Verse 13. And it came to pass that in the evening the quills came up and covered the camp. Have you seen it? And in the morning the Jew lay round about the house. So this time when they complained, God gave it to them. And God gave them instructions. Gather the manna in the morning. Don't keep it till the following morning. They did. They kept it till the following morning. They didn't obey his commandments. When he told them, when you gather the manna on, on, the, on, the, on the sixth day, gather twice. Don't go in the morning on the seventh day to go and go and gather. They went on the seventh day to go and go and gather. And God told Moses, did I not tell you that these are people do not mind me when I tell them to do something? <laughs> They did not wait for the counsel of God. They did their own things. They made their last lead them. There are a lot of Christians whose last are leading them. And the last is in different dimensions. Though. There are different dimensions of the last. I'll show you. Okay? So the one in Numbers chapter 11, the Bible says that they, they fell, the mixed multitude fell a lasting again. This time around, they cried for meat. They sat in front of their doors and were crying, ma, ma, ma. That we, have, we are tired of this manna. We want flesh to eat. So God said, hey, is that so? I'll do what I did the first time. He told them, purify yourselves and come. When they came, God brought quails. The Bible says that the quails were so many. So many. So many. The first time when they cried for it, God gave them the quails. Nobody died. And he gave them instructions to follow and everything. Everything was fine. The second time, you see, they had continued in their lives. They had not repented. They were continuing. I have to numbers. Exodus to numbers is a long time. Long time. 
Many, 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 many years. They didn't mind. And the children of Israel also wept again and said, Who shall give us flesh to eat? Who shall give us flesh to eat? God had given flesh to eat long, some time ago. You don't, you will not even say that God give us flesh to eat. Who shall? They are in doubt of God and what God can do. They are Christians who are in doubt of God. Can God do this? Can God do this? Every time we have been asking things, God is not minding us. Can you do this? You are doubting God. You will see. It's in your own interest to walk in faith. Go down. Let's not read too much. Go to verse 33. The flesh came. The meat came. They gathered plenty and they were eating. Look at it. It says, and while the flesh was yet between their teeth, as it was being chewed, the wrath of the Lord was kindled. Remember, God also has anger. This, you see, in the Old Testament, we see the wrath of God being showed up immediately. Like, when they do that wrong thing, pa, they are gone. Wrong thing, pa, they are gone. But in the New Testament, we don't see that because of grace. You do the wrong thing, God is not minding you. But there's a time when God, the anger of God will just come. He will just deliver you up. It's more spiritual than it is physical in our time. But God does. He says he gave their souls to leanness. Your soul will be lean. What you read in Psalm 106? Yeah, that's a spiritual aspect. Go to Psalm 106, verse 14. What happened here is showed as leanness of soul in Psalm 1. They soon forgot his works. They waited not for his counsel, but lasted exceedingly in the wilderness and tempted God in the desert. And he gave them their requests, but he sent leanness into their soul. Do you understand that? He sent leanness into their soul. They were never, they never, what they requested for never satisfied them. Hallelujah. Read verse 15. Let's read verse 15 in other versions. We can read the amplified or any other. So we understand even some more. And he gave them their request, but sent leanness into their souls and thinned their numbers by disease and death. But sent a wasting disease into their souls. Hmm. Hallelujah. Leanness. Plague along with it. Hmm. Look at, go back, go back to Numbers chapter 11, verse 33. As they were eating, as the meat was in their mouth, look at what happened to them. The wrath of the, as they were eating, God was like, You people, you don't respect. Take it now. <laughs> And the Lord smote the people with a very great plague. Great plague. Next verse. Look at how many people died. And he called the name of the place, Kebroth Hath Tavar. Because there they buried the people that lasted. They buried the people that lasted. Have you seen it? Hallelujah. All those who lasted were buried there. What does it mean for us? Can I show it to you? What does it mean for us? Go to 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2. Let's read from verse 14. Last. No fear of the Lord will lead you to last. Plenty. You like things. The Bible says that having food and raiment, we should be content. Hmm? Last thing after certain things will kill you. I have written unto you, fathers, because you have known him that is from the beginning. I have written unto you. No, you must have some fear. Like, also stroke akra. What do you think? You must fear. It's like you don't respect. You are God's temple. God's temple. You are doing it in God's face. It's in your face, man. No. 
I have written unto you fathers because you have known him that is from the beginning. I have written unto you young men because you are strong and the word of God abideth in you and you have overcome the wicked one. Next verse. He tells the young man, love not the world. Read the rest to me. One to go. The love of the father is not in him. Isn't it? Next verse. This is in the New Testament too. I the last of the flesh and the last of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. So the last that they had is broken into three for us. They referred to what happened to them in Egypt. Pots of flesh, bread, onions, and the garlics. Remember, they were lying. It was not enjoyable, but they wanted to go back to those things. And they perished. So the Bible says that, listen, for all that is in the world, the last of the flesh, what, what, what do we mean when we say the last of the flesh? What do you think it means? The last of the flesh. The cravings of the flesh. What you feel like doing. Being led by your mind. Look at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17. King James, please. This I say therefore, and testify in the Lord, that the hands of work not as other Gentiles work. In the vanity of their mind. Do you understand vanity of their mind? Whatever they think of, they do. If they want to have sex with someone's anus, they do it. If they want to sleep with four girls, they do it. If they want to steal, they do everything. The vanity of their mind. Whatever bad thing that comes to their mind, they just do it. They don't care. Yet there are Christians who are like, it says don't walk like them. Jesus, I say therefore, and testify in the Lord, that the hands for walk not. Meaning that as a Christian, you can walk. As other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind. Let's read the Amplified. Maybe the Amplified will help us. So this I say, and so let me testify in the name of the Lord Jesus, in the Lord, as in his presence, that you must no longer live as the heathen, the Gentiles do in the perverseness, in the folly, vanity, and emptiness of their souls. Leanness of soul. Eh? emptiness of their souls and the futility of their minds. Next verse. Their moral understanding is darkened and their reasoning is beclouded. They are alienated and strange, self-banished from the life of God. The want of knowledge and perception, the willful blindness that is deep-seated in them due to their hardness of heart, to the insensitiveness of their moral nature insensitiveness of their moral nature. They, no correction, no, nothing. Like, they're just flowing. Can you, can you believe in some of the things that people, some people can do? Some people can do things. Drink up, then they, they put we inside the, the punch. Every, and only the ladies are drinking it. Do you know where the lady is coming from? Do you know whose child it is? You don't know. You just, anybody can just do anything. And yet children of God do are into those things. Shisha, smoking, sniffing, and all kinds of things. A child of God. Next verse. In their spiritual apathy, they have become callous and they have gone past feeling. They have gone, they have past feeling and reckless and have abandoned themselves a prey to unbridled sensuality. Unbr- Do you understand unbridled? No self-control. Unbridled sensuality. Eager and greedy to indulge in every form of impurity that their depraved desires may suggest and demand. This is the last of the flesh. Anything at all that comes to your mind, that is not correct. You will do it. You find it difficult to do God's word. But going for a party is not a problem. 
Listen, don't receive the grace of God in vain. Okay? The grace of God is there to help you. Receive the grace and be helped. Be helped. Tell anybody, be helped. You can just decide that from today is okay, I'm not going to do that. How long, how long are you going to continue on the same line, line that you are going in? How, how long? How, how old do you want to tend before you realize that you are being a fool? 40. It will be too late. You may not live up to that point. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's go to First uh, John chapter 2, right? What are we reading? For all that is in the world, the last of the flesh and the last of the eyes. The last of, what is the last of the eyes? Everything you see, you want. You want, like, hey, this car is nice. You do anything to get the car. There are Christians who are into Sakawa. Or you don't know. There are Christians who are fraud boys. They are just, because they have to have. They are, as their eyes have seen it, they must have it. It's mine. All things are mine. No, it doesn't work like, God is not like that though. God doesn't work like that. As your eyes have seen, you have to get it. And you don't care whatever means you use to get it. Even if you have to destroy and kill people to get it, you get it. Are you a child of God or you are what? The pride of life. Your, your, your life is in things. It's in the new, newest iPhone. If you get the newest iPhone, your confidence goes up. No. Whether you're using yam or whatever, it makes no difference. If you really want to serve God, there are some things you have to let go. Hallelujah. Let me show you some more. Go to Titus, Titus chapter 2. Let's read from verse 11. God wants, us to, God wants to present us holy and, holy and unblameless before him in love. That's what God wants to do. Titus 2, 11. Look at, this, look at these verses. Very nice verses, okay? Very, very nice. Titus 2, 11. Let's read from 11 to 12. For the grace of God, the grace of God, you see he's mentioning the grace of God. The grace of God that bringeth salvation has appeared to all men. The grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. Hallelujah. It has appeared to all men. What, is it, what, is, what does it teach? What is the teaching of the grace of God? Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts. This is the grace of God. This is what the grace of God teaches. Not what you think. Okay? Teaching us that deny ungodliness and worldly lusts. We should live soberly. So ba- Do you understand living soberly? What you have, use. Live in your means. And put your faith to work to increase to the next level. Don't become a wannabe. You don't have it, but you are pretending you have it. You have never bugged before, but you are telling everybody you have bugged before. We should live soberly, righteously, and godly. In this present world. Why? Because the grace of God empowers you to live righteously. The grace of God brings you righteousness. The grace of God brings you to godliness. I've taught you those things so many times. If you don't know that, I don't know what you're doing here. Next verse. Next verse. Looking for that blessed hope. This is a teaching of the grace of God. Looking for that blessed hope. And the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ. We should live soberly on earth. So that we look forward to the appearing of Christ. Next verse. Who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. This is what God wants to. He wants a peculiar people who are zealous of good works. Next verse. These things speak and exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no man despise thee. That's what I'm doing now. 
He's telling Titus, speak these things, rebuke everybody. And let them know. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The grace of God wants to present us before him without blame. That's the grace of God. Let's read Ephesians 1, 4. We read Colossians 1 and then we'll finish. Have I preached to you? The grace of God has appeared. Teaching us. Teaching us. Let's read from a slip. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Then it says, according as his, he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. He has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. That we should be what? That we should be what? And before him in love. Some people will, will be found with blame before him. It says that we should be without blame. We should be holy and be without blame before him in love. That's the destiny God has for us. Don't destroy that destiny with your own hands. Don't deny God with your own hands and with your own words and with your own mind. Okay, go to 2 Peter. 2 Peter chapter 3. 2 Peter 3, let's read from verse 10. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. Remember that the day of the Lord is coming. How will the day of the Lord meet you? How will the day of the Lord come and meet you? Cheating somebody. Cheating we. You're a child of God. He says you should live in a godly way. How will the day of the Lord come and meet you? You're sitting behind a computer frauding somebody. No, you're a Christian. He says, we are in the light. We are children of the light. Haven't I read that to you before? He says, we are the children of light. We are not of darkness. So let us not sleep as those who are in the darkness sleep, so that the day of the Lord will not overtake us. Yeah. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt out with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Next verse, verse 11. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved. See, seeing that all these things that you are desiring for, all of them shall be dissolved. They shall melt away. The cars, the houses. Cars are important. Houses are important. Money is important. But money is for a reason. Cars are for a reason. They are to preach the gospel. They are to enhance the gospel. That's what they are for. Not because you want to have ten cars. How many will you drive to church? If you have two cars, can you put one, part, one leg on one paddle and then the other one on the other paddle and be driving the two and coming to church? You can't. You can't. So don't let desire. You, I want to. I want to do. You know, all those who preach about self-actualization in church have to be very careful. They are the ones who have turned all the church into people who are into this world. They want to, they want to have many cars. They want to have big buildings and have big... It's good, but all of that will be melted away. Since all of them will melt away. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved. What manner of persons ought you to be in all holy conversation and godliness? What kind of a person should you be in all holiness and, conver- and godliness? I seeing it. The fear of God, do, the lack of the fear of God will lead you to lasting all kinds of things. You want to wear, you want to wear a certain type of jeans. Put on a, have a certain type of wig. The wig is thousand Ghana, so you have to do this for a certain man so that you can get a thousand Ghana. Christian, you don't have a problem with sleeping around for money. No, there's, there's, there's something wrong. It's not in doubt that you're a Christian. You are a Christian. You are born and you have received Christ. You are just not walking the way you're supposed to walk. That's all. 
When you die, you go to heaven. Just at the place in heaven where you be is where what is in what is in, in question. And the rewards you will lose is what is in question. Yeah, that's what he, that's what it means. And how you how you even die? How you will die? You get it? Yeah. Have you seen Christians who are lying on bed? They are suffering. They want to die, but they are not dying. Yes. God wants them to confess all their sins and change before they come. Or when they come to heaven, they continue their foolishness. Yeah. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved. What manner of persons ought you to be in all holy conversation and godliness? Next verse. Looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God. Wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt away with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and, and new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. That's what we are looking for. Continue. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that you look for such things, be diligent that you may be found in him in peace, without spots and blameless, because some people will be found not in peace. And they will be found with blame, with plenty spots. Plenty spots. Jesus is coming for a church that is spotless. You know, there are some people in the church who are feasting. The Bible says they are feasting with us. They are spots in our feasts. They are feasting with us. They are happy. They are doing foolish things and they are happy. And they are teaching others to do, continue doing foolish things. How can a prophet tell somebody that you should be able to sleep with somebody and just come and come and preach? And come and prophesy? Yes, there are prophets who are teaching that to their junior prophets. Yeah, sleeping, not their wives, so they are sleeping with other people. They look at the congregation, okay, come, follow me. The Lord says you should sleep with me. I have anointed pens for you. <laughs> they sleep with them, then they come and come and prophesy. Everything is fine, so they think everything is okay. When they come, everything is like, I see, and they can prophesy. And nothing is happening to them, so they think everything is fine. They don't know. Those are spots. <laughs> look for that scripture. He says that. Spot, there are spots in your feasts. Jude 1, 12. Yeah. It's talking about the same group of people. Go up. Go, let's read from verse 10 so that we understand it. Okay? But these speak evil of those things which they know not. But what they know naturally as brute beasts, in those things they corrupt themselves. Woe unto them, for they have gone in the way of Cain. I'll talk about these things. The way of Cain. Do you know the way of Cain? What did Cain do? He did what? He killed his brother. They are Christians who are into talking against their brother. If someone should fall, they are the first people to come on the scene. Uh, what he said? What? Now, what can you make me answer? Me say, "Oh, you're bad, oh yeah." Oh, now I'm hosa. Tia, tia, tia. I say, "Oni, oni, matupebu." Eh? Eh? Why? Cain, the way of Cain. They have gone in the way of Cain, and they have run greedily after the error of Balaam. What is the error of Balaam? Balaam is the one who prophesies for money. All the counseling people. For once the man is not here, they must be here. If you want to see them for counseling, you have to, you have to pay 300 Ghana cities, 200 Ghana cities, 500 Ghana cities. Something. They'll be giving you counsel for money. Hmm? Balaam taught uh, uh, the king of Midian and uh, those who are against Israel have forgotten the group. He taught them what to do to destroy Israel. He taught, he, he taught the enemies of Israel to bring fornication to the camp of Israel. And 23,000 people died because of Balaam's counsel. I'll talk about it. Because of his counsel. Yeah. 
and run greedily after the error. All these Christians here in the church, they've run greedily after the error of Balaam for a word and perish in the gain sayings of Korah. You know the gain sayings of Korah? Korah is the one who speaks against the, the man of God, the man of God, Moses. And so, do you think you are the only one God has called? Which God has called us? We have incense. We burn incense before God. Who do you think you are? You, you are always dominating the people of God. We are, we are living. We are starting our own church. We are living. Who are you? Yeah, we are starting love of economy church. He says, these are spots. If they, they are there, but he says they are spots. So they are false brethren. Cain is a false brother. He's a brother, but he's false. He's in the church to kill. Kill. The killing is many forms. From chewing to telling lies to all kinds of things. And they are doing it to the sheep of God. The sheep of God, not to us, sheep of God. Hey. Hey, yeah, Samuel. These are supposed to be your feast of charity, your feast of love. When they feast with you, feeding themselves without fear. Have you seen it? They feed themselves without fear. Clouds they are without water. Kind about of wind. Trees whose fruits were withered, without fruit, twice dead, plucked up by the roots, twice dead. God will punish them. He calls them wandering stars. Wandering stars. You are off your course. And on that day, we will not know whether to place you in heaven or to place you in hell. They'll be in the middle somewhere. Go back to Second Peter chapter 3. You can read these things when you go back, okay? Wherefore, my beloved, seeing that you look for such things, be diligent. Say, be diligent. Do you understand diligence? What's the meaning of diligence? Hardworking. Be hardworking. Be intent on it. Be diligent so that you may be found in him in peace without spots and blameless. It's work. You have to work it. You have to use faith to work it. You have to use trust, grace to work it. I trust God that God will keep me from falling. My wife has a favorite scripture. To him that is able to keep you from falling. Don't behave like it's like you can't be kept from falling. As you are falling, tell God, God, I'm falling. Thank you very much, I'm falling. You finish one and then you come with God. I mean, you know that uh, uh, the, the spirit is willing, but the, the flesh is weak. God, me, my flesh is special weakness. Oh, you have no idea. So you have to advise yourself. As you are going to work with me, God, you have to advise yourself. You should know that you'll be disappointed most of the time, but it's part of it. I'm your child anyway. <laughs> Hallelujah. Wherefore, beloved, go to the next verse, verse, verse 15. I want to read to you, verse 18. And account that the long-suffering of our Lord, don't think that God is not doing anything to you. It's because it's like he's, he's foolish. It says, account, and account that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation. Even as our beloved brother Paul, also according to the wisdom given unto him, has written unto you. Paul wrote about it. I can show you a lot of things that Paul wrote about these things. Paul discusses two aspects of Christianity. He tells you what God has done. In Christ and what you are supposed to do. Then he tells you that, listen, if you don't work according to this, this is what will happen to you. He shows it to you. Both clear. If you read Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 1, from, from verse 1 to chapter 3, verse 16, it's uh, about, no, chapter 4, verse 16, it's about the new creation and the, the assignment that God has given to us and everything. From verse 17, chapter 4, verse 17 down, he starts talking about, don't walk here, don't do this, don't do that. Don't break the Holy Spirit's heart. Don't tell lies. Don't do this. He's everything. Don't, 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 don't. As though he forgot about the first thing he had written. Because the first thing he has written will help you do the second thing that he has written. Do you understand? As also in his epistles, speaking of them, of these things, in which are some things hard to be understood, Peter considered Paul's writings as scripture. Even though they were in the same time. They were in the same day. Yeah. 
and said that some things that Paul has written are very hard to be understood. And many people explain it the wrong way and use it to do foolish things. Because Paul preached about grace, some people are using it to do whatever they want to do. He says, as some, as some things have to be understood, which they that are unlearned and unstable rest. Okay? And as they do also the other scriptures, unto their own destruction, they, they misinterpret it unto their own destruction. Next verse. Ye therefore, beloved, seeing ye know these things before, beware lest ye also being led away with the error of the wicked fall from your own steadfastness. Don't fall from your own steadfastness. Stay where you are. Stay in Christ. Be afraid of God. Tell anybody, be afraid of God. Say, fear God. And keep his commandments. Fear God. And keep his commandments. You live. Then he shows you what to do. See, instead of doing all these foolish things, this is what you are supposed to do. This is what you are supposed to do. Read it to me. One to go. But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. That's the end of this. That's the end of Second Peter. This is the end of Second Peter. He tells you all these things are there. Don't be found in spots blameless. Be found blameless. How? Grow in grace. How do you grow in grace? Through the knowledge of God's word. Growing grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The knowledge, listen, don't take your Bible for granted. Don't, don't think it is nothing. Don't think the thing you are teaching you is nothing. That's the only way to go for it. That's the only way to do well. That's the only way to prosper properly. So that you'll be found in him without blame and without spots. Say, my heart is full of the fear of the Lord. Rise up right now and just receive grace to fear God. Grace. Receive grace to fear God. God bless you for listening. Keep listening to the word as Christ is made the center of your world. For prayer and counseling, call 024-563-8314 or send an email to info at christworldinc.com. God bless you.